back to Through a Queer Lens, y'all. My name is Janelle Alvarez, and man, here we are, episode 9, week 14, almost 15 in remote world, at least I think so. I, like, man, what a time. What a time it is right now. And uh, here we are in trying to get through the first full week of of school after a big, well-deserved <laughs> break, might I add. Um, and I've just been thinking a lot and reflecting about just what's happening around us and what's happening in education. Like, they say we're coming back. We don't know. And it, it is just really hectic. It's really scary. But then I have to try to find a way to be motivating and be engaging in classes. And, and here it is. And so I keep thinking about here we are after the election. And I keep thinking about questions like, now what? Right? Like, we, we have the people we wanted in in power at least and so what what work is there for us to do and how do we navigate that and so for today's conversation on equity and education and where do we go from here I decided to have a, a really close friend a really close colleague that I've been working with for the past I believe six years now um, to have this conversation with me and and here he is the one and only Sir Jeff Fleming <laughs> hey Jeff I say, good morning, good people. <laughs> but it's really evening. So, good evening, good people. Yes, yes. Uh, it, it is. It is good to be on your podcast through a queer lens with you, Janelle. Thank you. Um, thank you for having me, and I look forward to talking election, equity, history, yes. um, Disney. Yes. Wh wherever we go with this conversation. I'm excited to finally have this conversation with you because I, I love talking to you because you ever since we've met, you have pushed me to think beyond wherever I've been. And and I think that's just because of who you are as a, as a human and as a historian, rather. Um, and so why not? Uh, or who better to have this conversation than you, to be honest? <laughs> Um, but I, I wanted, yes, yes. I wanted you to just introduce yourself really quick for those who are like, who's this? Um, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. really quick of just, just in, uh, in a nutshell, like what is your passion? What is your why? I, I first want to say that I, I listened to the entire podcast with you and your brother. <laughs> um, and it was, it was heartwarming. Um, and I felt like I really, got to hear that sibling dynamic. Um, and you could just, you could hear the, like there's a real love be between you and your brother. Um, and like almost every relationship that you have, I imagine is unique. Um, but I imagine that's one of the more unique relationships. And so I really enjoyed getting the, the peek into your life and getting to hear that. Um, and so I, I, um, I appreciated getting like that inside look in your family life. Thank you. Yes. So, I, I've had the, the privilege um, of getting to kind of mentor you, uh, yeah. coach you, um, learn from you, collaborate with you, all of this um, at NCA. You came in as a, as a young pup oh, yes. in AmeriCorps, <laughs> oh. kind, of, kind of stole you away from John Leonardi for, <laughs> for semester two. Yes. Then let's let's learn a little uh, AP world history, mm -hmm. um, and here you are, six years later, one of the best history teachers in the entire network. Thank you. And um, <laughs> it's still an honor and a privilege to get to work with you, coach you, occasionally mentor you. Now you mo mostly mentor me. 
I, I appreciate that. Man, you went back into AmeriCorps. <laughs> right, right. Wow. I mean, we've, we've been doing it for a while now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what a time that was, Lord. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I appreciate you dearly. Uh, I know that you, from, from the time we met, you have been uh, the department chair for history, and um, you are now one of the key leaders for equity uh, PDs at our school and in our network. And if you could share wh- why education, I, I can't remember, what year are you in with education? It's definitely, I know it's the double digits. <laughs> right. I just can't remember. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an old head. Um, <laughs> so I've been at, and this is my 12th year at Newark Collegiate Academy. Um, I started with the class of 2011 were my advisees. Um, and now the class of 2011 is some of the best teachers in the network. Um, some of like, they're, you know, they're, they are old souls at this point. They're all professionals and like deep in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I taught the class of 2012 when they were sophomores. So that was the first group of students that I taught. You know, this is, this is Obama's first year in office, 2009, yeah. uh, 2010. And before that, I was in Chicago. Um, so I've been in the education game for 16 years but at in Newark for the last 12 and, you know, just happy that I get to keep building um, with, with like really incredible people and really incredible students. Um, and I'm really proud of Newark Collegiate Academy and NCA. I think we have a long way to go to yeah. be a great school, um, but I think we're great in a lot of ways already. Um, and have like, you know, really done some things. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, when it comes to just like the big piece that sticks out to me in being a part of the network and seeing the transition is is our conversation about equity and just how much like how much we've grown, I think, as a school uh, specifically on that and in in prioritizing equity conversations and those equity PDs and how they look and taking a moment to think about like who is a part of that planning um as well and so because i feel like when i first started i i didn't even i don't even remember an equity conversation till about a couple of years ago um mm-hmm. and did even start to be honest to even think about what equity means until about a few years ago as well and so my my question to you is what is it what does it truly take to be a a truly a, a full inclusive and equitable school like that's a I know that's a very deep and intense like goal that I believe our school is mm-hmm. trying to get to, but what mm-hmm. what do you think is truly needed to really get to that place? Mm. I mean, such a good question, right? Um, so I'll start with, and and I talked about this in our department meeting a few weeks back. Mm-hmm. Um, this this comes from Shawadim, Shawadim mm-hmm. Regans, um, and Kyle Newsom, who are really two of the the key leaders in the entire network on equity. Um, and I'm fortunate to get to work with them. Um, and Mo, who is a school leader in the elementary schools, also a key leader, right? There's like a lot of really incredible people doing a lot of incredible things within the network. But the story that I want to tell is, um, it's this anecdote about the Maasai warriors, the Maasai people, um, uh, a tribe in modern day Kenya. Um, and the Maasai have a greeting where they say, Kasarian Injera, and that means, and how are the children? Um, and then, and the reply is, and the, the children are well. Um, 
And in the story or the anecdote is what, what would you have to know to be able to answer the children are well, right? How, how would you have to know the kids? Um, what would you have to know about them? Um, what stories would you have to know about each individual student? Um, and just to think like that is the greeting, right? That's how every Maasai person greets each other. Kasarian and Jera, and how are the children? The children are well, right? And so it's, to me, equity is, is always about how are, how are kids doing? And then, um, you know, Exa actually, she, she, she shared this point earlier tonight. Uh, Exa is one of our incredible KTC leaders. Yeah. And, and she said, and how is the tribe, right? The tribe is oh. well. Yeah. Well, so you got to think about, okay, so if the children are well, the, the tribe has to be well as well, right? And so the, the adults need to be taking care of themselves, the children need to be taken care of or uh, are doing things where they, where they are spiritually and physically and, and emotionally well. Um, and so like, to me, that's where that's where the equity work starts in a school. It's mm-hmm. like, are we taking care of our children? Are our children well? Um, and how do we know? if our children are well. And, you know, that's a lot of work. Yeah, that last piece, like, and how do we know, right? Because I think that's where it gets complicated in the sense of, like, how we as individuals view humanity. And, like, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of elements to us. There's a lot of uh, ways in which we identify. Um, Like, religion plays a huge impact. Gender, race, um, politics, and just, like, I'll say the word culture in and put parentheses around that because like everyone's culture and their upbringing is very unique. Even if, if you come from the same uh, part of the world from somebody, but that's where I think it gets tricky because man, I just, it's hard because we, we all have our biases or I, I, I hope that most people believe that, that we have a lot of biases to us due to, Indeed. due to our upbringing um, and it's like about trying to recognize that and and be on the path of trying to address it in whatever that means to you, right? But then that's where I get I I get stumped or get frustrated sometimes because I feel like when we talk about equity, sometimes we only get so far in the conversation. Yeah, um, yeah. Like it it always we we end up we we talk about race. We talk about gender sometimes and stop there. And mm-hmm. and I'll be honest, maybe I get frustrated because of of, of my identity, right? Like I, I'm a queer mm-hmm. person and it's near and dear to my heart to care about how are our queer kids doing, right? Or exactly. how and then that's where I get stuck because or I get frustrated because I don't know if everybody is on that same path or or think about that or those group of mm-hmm. children and staff yeah. members. And that's where I get kind of stuck of like, man, like how do we, how do we really go about this when we may have people who disagree with, with people's elements of their identity, you know? A hundred percent. And I, I think the first sticking point or the, the first point where we are n- talking through each other and not talking w- to each other mm-hmm. is, you know, what, what do we mean by equity, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I think about our session earlier in, in August that we worked on very hard, right? Mm-hmm. We, we did a lot of work, you, Dennis, 
Anthony, myself. Um, and, and I think one, one of the things that came out of that for me is like, we have to be able to define what does equity mean so that we all can have a common definition, right? Because that the, the session was like, well, what does anti-racism mean? Mm-hmm. What does racism mean? And that, you know, to, to Dr. Kendi's point and how to be an anti-racist is we have to have these common definitions. Otherwise, we, we're just going to be arguing with each other, but we don't necessarily share a common language, even with, with, with words that have complex meaning, like equity, yeah. like anti-racism, like mm-hmm. anti-homophobia right? Like we need to know what that means. And so all this is to say is that one of the, one of the components of equity is inclusivity, right? Mm-hmm. And it is thinking about all of these intersections of identity and how do we bring everybody in? How do we make sure that everybody feels included, feels part of the tribe, and we're not pushing and excluding people outside of the tribe? And I, I think that you're hundred percent right that we, until we have that reckoning or have that conversation, we're always going to exclude people from the conversation and that that's that's not equity right right Right. but and then and and i and i speak from like this is the work that we we try to do amongst staff um yeah amongst the staff members and then i just think about like I, i i hate to admit that at times when i get so frustrated um with this remote world and how it's just not fair and that any given day somebody's wi-fi is out um like this whole situation isn't equitable uh, equitable right and i think as you've mentioned before like we've always known like obviously like our world is not just our country is not just but and and these multiple pandemics have as you've said before allowed us to really zoom in on (laughs) really what we've always known to be true and so with that, it gets frustrating to to see that. And then I feel like, well, how do we really fix things? How do like what is it's almost like I'm trying to ask, like, what is the right way or what are the what are the ways to to reach towards justice or to or to defeat the status quo? That's like the question I've been thinking about, especially like not just from us as a quote unquote adult lens or educator lens. But then I think about like. Uh, like the teenagers that we get to be with every single day mm-hmm. right like how i just wonder like what is the answer to that question from a t- like for teenagers who mm-hmm. i'm sure at times feel like well what can i do <laughs> how can i impact um this world and my situation in this positive manner um when i have many restrictions uh because of age uh, alone you know what i mean yeah, I mean, that one of the ultimate problems of this entire pandemic is it puts us in constant lose-lose situations where yep. <laughs> the, the, the two options are, are both poor options um, and, and you have to take like, which one is the least poor, right? Like none of us want to be teaching virtually. Yeah. However, teaching in person when you have to also teach virtually and in person and you possibly are risking your livelihood mm-hmm. um, and you don't feel like you have agency over your health, well, that that's not a great option either. Even if that means that like children are going to school and, yeah. and by that, and I'm going to put school in quotations because school in a pandemic is not 
the school that we've we've known before, right? Like right. there's no such thing as recess. There's no more lunch cafeteria. There's no such thing as transitions and hallways, mm-hmm. right? All that is gone in a pandemic. And so it's like, we're, we're in this lose-lose situation, right? Where it's like, yeah, teaching virtually is really difficult and really hard, but guess what? You know what's even harder than teaching virtually? Teaching in school and teaching virtually at the same time, right? Yeah. And so, um, yeah, so we're, we're constantly in, the, in these lose-lose situations here. Um, and part of it is like, how, how can we get through this? How can we make it through this time period um, with our sanity, with our uh, collective why intact um, so that we can come back together and regroup and think about what the next step is. And all of this to say is like some incredible things have happened in the last 270 days of this pandemic, right? Yeah. Like some awful things have happened, but then some incredible things have happened after that, right? Like the, the entire Black Lives Matter protest of the summer really stirred some incredible changes that I don't think there's any going back from, mm-hmm. which is great, right? And, and on top, on, on the flip side of that is like, we're not going to solve 400 years of systemic racism in one pandemic, in, in one summer, right? And yeah. so that's not a gradualist perspective. That's just reality of like, you don't end white supremacy. You don't end homophobia. You don't end uh, the, the patriarchy of this country in, in one summer, in, in one pandemic, right? This is a, we have to tear this system down piece by piece. And in order to do that, we have to have this equitable lens mm-hmm. to, to be able to see our blind spots, to be able to see where the next steps are, to be able to see how to tear it down. Um, and that's the real hard work, right? Because that takes a lot of digging, a lot of self-awareness, a lot of research, a lot of collective action yeah. um, that just is energy. Yeah, and, and I'm glad you said that because it, it brings me back into almost reality because these emotions I express come from just pure frustration on just continuing to see injustice over and over and over again. Um, and it's and it's like I just want a quick fix and I just want it fixed now. And I can imagine most people feel like that on, on any given day or probably dwell on it too much I know at times I really get stuck in that negative I guess headspace of like well you know <sighs> what, what can I really do or I start to question what what my, about my impact as as a human being and as an educator and so mm-hmm. I'm glad you brought that up because it makes me think about what is the work that we can do now that we we are home um and for the most part everybody is home and we have this time or we have to manage time in a way that we've never had to manage it before. Where like I've said in this podcast before that specifically in our area living close very close to major cities, it's just like a go, go, go culture, right? Mm-hmm. And and we have been forced to stop and al- you know, although that's been difficult, especially for me personally, it's been so difficult to stop in the way I was working and just work in a different way and probably in a more intentional way like I I started reading more ever since March I started watching more documentaries watching more intentional things um that really in my opinion helped develop like just my mind and like helped me see things a little bit more clearer than I guess I haven't before 
And so what are some things that you, I know you have, you're a big reader, big, big reader prior to this. And I've always envied that. Cause you have I, didn't, I didn't know that reading put you to sleep either. I, oh, that was man. one of the things I learned in, in that. <laughs> now, I love that you listen to Audible. That's like, I can now read because you don't fall asleep. <laughs> it's so hard, man. <laughs> and I hate, that's why when, especially when I tell kids and the kids tell me that they read so much, I'm like, man, I envy you because yeah, yeah. I can't. <laughs> no, I hear, you, I hear you. When I'm tired and I'm reading, oh, it knocks me out in like two minutes flat for sure. Yeah, but then you you always show these books like, yeah, so here's what I'm reading this month. Or I'm reading these three books and I'm like, and I write everything down too. I'm like, I'm going to find it on Audible. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but man, what do you, <laughs> how do you structure your time? I'm curious now. This is what I'm reading right now. I got Fascism by Madeline Albright. <laughs> Uh, I got Cast by Isabel Wilkerson. Oh, man. And then um, and then this is like what we've been reading as a, a network, which has just been incredible. Goldie Muhammad, Cultivating Genius. Yeah. Um, and then we we read this this summer. Um, and you were you I think you really enjoyed this one, The Infinite Game oh, by Simon God. Sinek. I funny with that. Um, because I know the network is based on teams, sometimes it's like all right, we're going to read this as a team. And so when I right. saw the whole leadership team saying that they're all reading the Infinite Game, I was like, well, I'm going to read it. <laughs> right. I love that. I love that. And, and because of that, you know, I, you know, so w- one of the most important ideas in the Infinite Game is this idea of a just cause, right? Of Which is different than your why, right? Your why is like who you are. It's your identity. It, mm. it, and Simon Sinek has this idea of like, we'll always start with why. And Shah pushes against that. He's like, no, we have to start with who, right? Who are you? Mm-hmm. Who's your identity? Start with that. And then you can move to your why. Um, but from that, you get to this idea of a just cause, right? Your why gives you the idea of like the, the vision, what you think the future could look like, mm-hmm. right? What, what inspires you? And not only what inspires you, but what can collectively inspire a lot of people to work together to do something, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think about like, for example, in history, right? Our just cause is to not just make students historically literate, not just inspire our colleagues to be more historically literate, but right, but like to see the patterns of history, to see the trends of history and to be able to apply those lessons to your own life, to be able to see like, oh, okay, I see what happened. You know, this is, we're 65 years to the day after Rosa Parks started the Montgomery bus boycott, right? And so what, is the, what are the lessons that are applicable from Rosa Parks to your own life mm-hmm. that you can apply that will inspire change in your own community or in your own family, right? Um, yeah. And so that, that to, uh, to me, that's our just cause as historians. Like how do we inspire people? How do we make history engaging and inviting mm-hmm. so that people are excited to learn um, but also to take that learning and apply it to themselves and to further their own identity. Um, and so like, that's just one thing that I think your existence is doing, right? Yeah. Your impact, it, you do that, Janelle, because you are a proud, queer, incredible educator, right? And like all of that is like, has an impact that you can't even quite see it yeah. on the class of twenty. 
19, the class of 2020, the class of 2021, the class of 2022, right? All of these yeah. young people haven't even started to put their roots down in the world. And, but you've had an impact on all of them. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the beautiful thing about being an educator is that you, there's an impact that you're having that you might never even quite see. Yeah, no, I agree. And I thank you for that because, man, I, huh, you brought me back to like when we first met and I was so quiet and very, very reserved um, and very scared to be me and to share really anything with anyone. And even I, I think about that lately about like my progression of like just being very quiet into myself to now being very vocal and like, I guess, social and, and just more honest with mm -hmm. others and myself, like in our team builder the other day, when, <laughs> when, when eBay asked us, like, <laughs> I, I couldn't, I couldn't, man. It was such a great question of like, you ever feel like you're so sure about something you end up being so wrong? It's a and great question. Instantly. Yeah. I was like, my sexuality. The <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying. <laughs> I love it. But it's and it was such an honest answer and a, and a genuine answer. And, and no one blinked when you said it yeah, because yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, Janelle is so honest about this that this makes sense. Yeah, and, and it, it wasn't always like that. And so even even with kids, like, I remember, I still remember when, I still remember my my first, like, advisory group, my little cohort of 2021 that mm -hmm. uh, of, like, who I shared my sexuality and identity with. And it was just because they thought, as a joke, you know how, like, kids like to say, oh, are you dating that teacher? You know, they try to group them together. And so mm -hmm. they tried to say, oh, like, is Mr. Felice your boyfriend? And I was like, God, no. And nothing against him. I love him. But I was like, <laughs> also, like, why are you grooming me and him? But anyways, but I right. was like, oh, no, no, no. And it just, like, slipped out. I was like, I have a girlfriend. And I got, I, I like, froze of just, mm -hmm. like, oh, crap. This is the first time I've ever shared this with teenagers. Right, and right. I, like I don't I don't know how old I was like probably twenty five or something. Not that I'm that old right now, but I was like, wow, very scared. And how do they handle it? Like, like nothing. It was like yeah. it was like nothing. They were like, oh okay, and then just instantly, where's she from? And then and then being so it's like we still have that to this day where like I I even explained to them of like um we got to we'll speak in code cuz i don't t i i don't share this with anybody not even adults and they respected that and i think that mm -hmm. that's why like they're part of the class of 2021 our seniors now i i will always i feel have this deep connection with them because right. they gave me such a level of respect that i never experienced in my life in general but especially like as a teacher i was just like wow so it's just like incredible that like just that level of respect again, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and that that's the thing that gives me hope is because you share that with the younger generation and they don't, they don't flinch. They don't blink. It's like, yeah. Yeah. That's dope. Mm -hmm. You know? And, and, and I think that we don't give teenagers enough credit for how mature they can be um, and, and how much Seriously. world uh, perspective they already have. Um, and they just, they need to hear that sometimes like, yo, yeah. you already, you already have like some incredible perspective and you already get, you get it, you know, you, you, you get like what some of the secret sauce of life is. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just, you, you just have to do it more consistently and you have to believe in yourself, yeah. you know, and, and you have to be able to like, see that like you're dope. Yeah. Um, and, and, and Janelle, like, I think you do that for, 
our students, like you empower them um, because you're vulnerable yourself, because you are you have like this critical humility and you have this critical love. Um, and and you, when you combine that and you give that to teenagers, they they reciprocate and they, they give it right back to you. And they're like, yo, we love Miss Alvarez because she's real with us. She's authentic, you know, and, and that's I'm what trying. teenagers want. They just want an authentic person. I'm trying. Oh, I got real real with them. The, I don't know what it was the other day that I was like, you guys ever like not have food in the house or anything to cook? And listen, I was like, if you're ever in this situation, I promise you this will be delicious. Just have you ever? I was like, who's made your, uh, themselves a Dorito sandwich? <laughs> and I shockingly got like a couple hands. I was like, listen, get red Doritos, two pieces of Wonder Bread. Promise you it'll change your life. Put a little cream cheese or sour cream. And it's just, I don't know where that came from, but it was just and it was just like, hey, man. Oh, yeah. It came from the fact of like, I don't I, I don't know what I'm going to have for lunch today. I don't plan on cooking. <laughs> and man, and I brought it up today of like, so who tried the sandwich? <laughs> That's um, some vegetarian cuisine right there. Is I, that gluten free? The I, Dorito sandwich? I, I, think it, I think it can be. <laughs> <laughs> But it was, oh man, it was just, and it's, it's just funny because I, and I almost hope that, you know, parents can hear me in the background um, just to hear that, like, because I, I don't know, I try to just mention random stuff like that because it's just like, what I continue to say to kids, it's like, I will never not name the reality of our situation in our world. Like, it right. is hard. It is right. hard. Even this week, I, I was, I'm tired. I'm still so tired. Yeah. No matter how much coffee I have, I'm like, man. This is this is this is nuts. Like this just feels intense, but we're gonna be all right somehow. And then we were t- <laughs> we were talking about you know we're still in the Roman Empire, right? And like how it became a how it went from being a city to this giant empire. Yeah. And the two thoughts I had was like, man, think about like a tiny idea that you have. Like how can you take a small idea and turn it into something bigger for like mm. the entrepreneurs out there, right? Like that. That's a good why. Right. That I respect that. Yeah. I'm get- I'm giving you at least three out of five on that why yes. alone on that idea. Because <laughs> it's just like, you know, it, I hope it was c- somewhat applicable and stuff. And then th- we were talking about the water system in, in, in the Roman Empire. And I was like, y'all, I know we take this for granted. I know I do. You ever you ever come home and your mom's like, man, there's no running water. And then you have to go to your grandmother's house and shower. Mm. Mm. And, then <laughs> and it's this whole thing. And then I said to them, you know, in Puerto Rico, the water system is not as strong, especially in the mountains. And right. so I said, I told him a life hack. I was like, listen, y'all, mm. if for whatever reason you just can't flush, I'm telling you this will work every time. After you handle yourself, fill a bucket of water and just throw it in the, throw it real hard in the toilet and it'll flush itself. And they're looking at me like, what is happening? <laughs> and I'm like, Tommy doesn't work. <laughs> I'm like, come on. We got to say thank you to the Romans. They had this water system. We have it even better. But, hey, sometimes it doesn't work, so you have to improvise. And then I played Moana. I love that. I love that. Because <laughs> anytime we talk about water, I play Moana. I'm like, all right. <laughs> and it's time. It's time for a little Disney now. <laughs> yes, yes. To that, I man, so for those who don't know, I try – every time kids are having, like, an exit ticket, which is, like, the last – thing they have to submit for mastery at the end of class last five minutes of class last five i have always tried to play either a disney movie song a song from a disney movie or a pixar movie and i'll say to kids like um 
guess which movie this is from, right? Um, at this point, they, ho- they, don't, they know my whole soundtrack. Um, <laughs> but, and it is funny to, like, tease kids, like, when I'll play Moana and someone says, is this Frozen? And I genuinely give them a look like, I'll unmute, I'll pause the music and call the kid, I'll call the kid out, like, uh, <laughs> sir, this is not Elsa, but good effort. <laughs> top three uh exit ticket songs via disney that's a tough one mm, disney right not pixar yeah, only the only disney a- exit ticket you you just had a perfect lesson mm-hmm. you know everybody's ready to everybody's ready to rip this exit ticket to shreds you have like five minutes you have one disney song what do you play friend like me aladdin yeah, okay. uh, uh, Will Smith, cause Will Smith version. Okay, new new Aladdin. Oh yeah, okay. cause he started with "Here I Go," and, and I'm just like, <laughs> "Here we go." <laughs> I love it. I love it. Th- um, there's a lot of energy in that song. Oh yeah, it's just who's turning it in? I'll, I'll I'll pause every now and then. Who's turning it in? And then play it back again. Man, you, I'm trying. Man, I feel like a DJ, a podcaster, a teacher, a road, a radio person. for for all the listeners if you've never seen janelle teach it is an incredible thing virtually i mean in in person it's incredible thing but virtually she's she's really picked up this dj persona where she had you know the same mic that she's using right now for the podcast she has in in the class absolutely she's got her virtual background on Mm -hmm. which is usually historically inspired Mm -hmm. music is on boom pause the music she comes in on cue with a quick quip music's back on and and like it's just like this experience of you know you you figured out virtual teaching in that way where you you're you're providing an experience for kids as well as real learning that's happening as well uh, well thank you i hope so because i i tell them I, I i normally share it with kids at the end of the school year of like why i play so much music aside from like what i believe like how music i think does help people like just get centered or get focused in a task or calm them down right um i also personally just really hate noise oh excuse me i hate when there's no noise so i hate the quiet right. like even like even in convert that's why even in conversations with people I, I i think i've come across as awkward sometimes because when no one's saying anything i'm just like <laughs> all right well um like that this is my mind talking to myself i'm like all right well no one's saying anything this is awkward maybe i should stand up and say something and this is how i feel in meetings that's why like oh, i was about to say history department meeting i know if i ask a tough question i know you're gonna jump in because <laughs> because i feel so i just feel it's awkward and i and i just start to get hot and i'm just like i i i i, I need to say something because no one's speaking and get it, this going let me yeah let me just say something Oh man, that's why. Like even in person, I just oh yeah, and I'll tell kids at the end of the school year, like I, I love y'all, love the music in here, love the vibes, but I truly just don't do well with silence. Like even at, I know I shouldn't do this, but like I cannot go to sleep in silence. Like I need, like oh, yeah. I'll play Shit's Creek in the background because it calms me down. For um, sure. And that's maybe because I grew up like on a main, uh, a very busy road. And mm-hmm. ma- and I'm just used to noise and stuff. And like my dad had birds, for like everywhere. Like, listen, if you if you know North Bergen or know any major city, there's just mm-hmm. no need for birds. <laughs> like, how, how, 
How many birds did you grow up with? I, man, right now he has two whole giant cages. He had cages uh-huh. all over the kitchen of like mainly finches who always sing. Always. Are always singing. Canaries, my God, loud. And that's just the birds inside. And then he still has a pigeon coop in the backyard because he rescues pigeons. And okay. I, didn't, I didn't even use the word rescue till like a year ago. I just I just thought like he just collects. I don't even know. Like he just has them. <laughs> but like he actually rescues them. <laughs> doing the best now. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's a lot. And so it's just a lot of noise. That's why I'm actually glad I'm in my apartment teaching because no matter how hard I try to be away from the birds, you will hear them. So when people would yeah. call me, I'm j- I, I got so used to it at one point that I would be on a phone call with people and they would be like, oh, my God, like, where are you? And I'm like, oh, I remember. Oh, I remember too. one day on, on Zoom, I was like, oh, wait, yes. did Janelle, did you get a bird? Yes. <laughs> wait. And you're like, no, 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 I'm, I'm, at, I'm at my parents' house. Yep. <laughs> I like, and okay. I was and I, I had a face on of like, fuck, they, if only <laughs> they could hear the birds. Oh, yeah, because he has a parrot, too. It was it's a lot. Listen, it, that's what he needs to calm him down. And I've learned to respect it. But Absolutely. I think all of that has added to my original point of like a reason why I just can I don't do well with silence. Just can't. So so top three exit ticket songs. Friend like me is one or is in the top three. Friend like Moana is. You're welcome. You okay? You're welcome. The rock. So you got the rock and you got Will Smith. Mm-hmm. And then. Hmm. It's uh, it's been between almost there from the Princess and the Frog, and or um, the Lilo and Stitch intro. Mm. So, so not the Hawaiian roller coaster. Yes, yes, Hawaiian roller Hawaiian coaster. Roller- yes. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, when, and that's I like that one. I like that one. I'll use that one when I know like I'm feeling kind of low and kids kind of look low and tired. So it's just like mm-hmm. a nice, you know, dun, 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 like it's a happy song. You can't you can't you can't listen to that and not feel good about life. Right. You know, put. Everybody who's listening, find Hawaiian roller coaster. Yeah. I promise you, you'll feel you'll feel better about life after listening to that it song. Is. And that's why it's just like, listen, no matter how you felt today, put in put in what you can, turn it in, and we'll be all right. Like, and that's 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 been my like. That's how I'll end it in that chill like wannabe zen way, I guess. But that that's the top three right now. And it's I, like I love it. playing. You're welcome because kids are always so shocked. Like, is that Dwayne? They don't even say The Rock. They're like, is that Dwayne The Ro- Johnson? I'm like, yes, it is. <laughs> no, he, go, he goes in on that. I mean, he, he's got bars in that I'm, one. I'm very happy for him, <laughs> just in general, all that he does. But Moana was a a great thing. Um, I, th- I thought that The Rock, to, to segue for a second, I thought that The Rock had a chance to be president in 2020 if he ran. I think, I think he would have really? won. I think he would have he would have been the the top candidate. Why do you say that? Who who doesn't like Dwayne Johnson? That who doesn't like true. The Rock? That's he has true. like almost universal approval rating. That is true. Right? Yeah, and I think he's like, yeah, no. I'm, I'm, right? I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to think of like scandal well, if, if if that even ever fits with him, and that alone, I don't really. He's well spoken. Yeah. He he can do a good Obama impersonation. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, he, I think he, I think he would have beat Biden in the democratic, you know, and, and he definitely would have beat Trump. Oh yeah. That Lord, that, that man needs to go. And I feel bad. Biden, he's now in a boot. I'm like, sir, can you <laughs> relax? 
Is he, is he gonna be in the boot in inauguration? That's what I've been wondering about. I think so. I really I think, think so, so too. because a hair fracture, it, uh, that's a that's not a like a two week right. thing. That's like a long. It just takes a long time to heal. Right. And we're not talking about a young man here. We're no, not talking about somebody who's gonna heal quickly. That's why I was like, damn Biden, you just got here. Like you need to relax. Love your dogs, yeah. but <laughs> can you dance? You can't even dance at the inauguration. You can't yeah. have that first dance. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Yes, he's definitely gonna be in the boot. Has to. <laughs> oh, that that's gonna be that is that is so apropos for uh, 2020. Oh, uh, you know, <laughs> I, and and believe me, that's like the the best circumstance that our president is in a boot and our president is not a fascist. Oh yeah. <laughs> <at the> same <laughs> time. Oh man, go Biden, Kamala. Oh man, they're just or as as people online. Or some people will call. I, I saw a video. Um, I she met um, just like I guess a random person or a random fan. Um, and I think she had like her child with her, and so Kamala Harris was just like waving, you know, just like being there, being human. Like, hey, this is great. Mm-hmm. You see me? I see you. Ah. And then she was like, I don't know how to. Ca- I don't know what to call you in the sense of like, do I say um, elect VP, Vice President Harris? And right, then she was right. like, you just call me auntie. <laughs> it was just like such a great like little moment of like, I just can't wait. <sighs> just can't wait. It's going to be it's going to be nice to have uh, new new people in oh, the White House. That must uh, a nice, families. nice reset, a hard reset. Because, <laughs> oh, man. But before before we close, I need to ask you, what are your okay. top? What are your top? Uh. I'm going to say Pixar. You said Pixar earlier. Top Pixar what, films? Yeah. I like it. Because this is a okay. very hard question. It, it is a hard question, right? Because, you know, we were prefacing, Pixar does not miss. They, they are like, like name, name me a Pixar film that is not good, right? You, you, could, you could maybe go with The Good Dinosaur, but I, but I think even The Good Dinosaur is, yeah. is, is, is a fun film. Yeah, I, I'm not even It has its moments. That. Yeah. The Good Dinosaur is not in my top three, though. Oh, yeah, I figured. So, <laughs> I would say, so three is Can't Go Wrong, Finding Nemo, mm-hmm. Makes You Happy. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the ultimate story of, of adventure. Mm-hmm. It, it's a the classic father, father-son tale. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's right, right up there with, like, Field of Dreams as far as father-son and, and uh, adventure goes. Okay, so that's three. Okay. Two. Mm-hmm. This is, we got we gotta go psychological too. Mm-hmm. Inside out. Inside out is is oh. pff, come on. It it teaches you how the brain, it te- it's teaching children about sadness mm-hmm. and joy and, and anger mm-hmm. and anxiety and, and paranoia. Yeah, every, <laughs> everything know? real just you're, you're, your imaginary friends and how yeah. they, your imaginary friend eventually disappears and, and all that. And yeah, like yeah. The, the abstract part of your brain. Uh, I mean, Inside Out is, is like, you could rewatch Inside Out and catch something new about how your brain works. Mm. I, I promise you, I've, I've watched it like three times. <laughs> my, my children have just barely scratched the surface of why Inside Out is great. And they love it already. <laughs> oh, wow. I forgot okay. about Inside Out. Right. Yeah. So Inside Out, classic. So what's the top? Finding one? Nemo, classic. Okay. Top, top Pixar film <laughs> of all time. Mm-hmm. 
it's a beautiful movie. Day of the Dead. It's about family. It's yeah, about it it's about like the love that you have for your family and your relatives and, yeah. and finding yourself within your family. Uh, and it's just so beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Coco. I mean, come on. Coco, Coco is. I still cry. I still cry. If you don't cry watching Coco, then you might not have human emotions. I'm just going (laughs) to say, you might not. You might, you have to check yourself. If you don't cry, like that's there, there's could be, you need to check in with yourself because because you should cry. You should cry when you watch Coco. Absolutely. That's why. And I even have remember me on my like a playlist for class. I've never played it because I just like. It's just. Yeah, it, it just brings me back in that moment. And it's just like too sad <laughs> to play mm-hmm. sometimes. But it's such a beautiful right. song, too. Like it's, it's a beautiful, so beautiful song. Beautiful. Yeah. Remember oh, me. Man. Yeah. Like it's. Oh, man. It's. Oh. Because I'm more in tune with Disney, and so I just forget right. all of the amazingness that is Pixar. For, <sighs> do, do you? Do you, you res- I don't. Ha- you don't have to re- agree with my top three, but yeah. you respect my top three. I do. I respect it, and I and I definitely okay. think, for me, I, Coco is definitely up there for me. I'm right. I, I need to ask: Is is up Pixar? Up is Pixar, and Up is the one that I cut from the top three. Up would be four. Oh. The, pro- the problem with Up is I think Up has that beautiful beginning mm-hmm. and that montage of their love mm-hmm. and their life mm-hmm. is great. And the little kid, I forget his name. Yeah. He's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. But the movie kind of goes off the rails a little bit when they get to this, like, crazy yeah, they find this man. lost <laughs> South American land. Yeah. And it's like, what, what's going on with all these dogs? Uh, yeah. You know, so Up is, like, is a, a very good movie in moments, but that's I would true. say not perfect. Yeah. yeah, I think that's where I get caught up in the in the love story. And then I do. I remember watching it recently. And then when I saw the end, I was like, oh, my God, how does this end? This is right. real. This really went left. <laughs> like, <laughs> These radio activated dogs. Yeah. What's, I forgot about them. Yeah, like a whole bunch. And this old man, very, very questionable <laughs> in his ways. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I forget. Then in that case, I can understand. I just, yeah, because when I think of Up, I think of the beginning, and that's it. Right. No, the beginning is beautiful. <laughs> I'm sorry. The ending is really, it does really go from <laughs> this to that real quick. Right, right. They don't, that, that's one of, like, Pixar's rare, like, they don't quite connect all the dots for you. Whereas, like, Inside Out is, like, mm-hmm. the more you watch it, you're like, wow, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, that memory comes back, and... uh you know, you really, you feel like you understand the mind of not just a 12 year old, but like you understand your mind better. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. All applicable. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I'll be honest. I don't know if I have a top three for Pixar. Cause like Coco is, man, Coco is just so good. So good. Any time of the year is you see, and this is where I, I just, I, I don't know. I forget which is which is Mo- Moana is Disney. Moana is just Disney. It's not, just not Disney. Pixar. Okay. Not Pixar. Yeah. Like Toy Story. So the controversial thing is that I left out Toy Story. Right. But I, but I feel like with Toy Story, you can't just choose one because especially now that you have four of them, they're all their own collection. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that's why I even, and I'm a huge Toy Story fan. Like, uh, but oh yeah, that's like its its own category. Like it's, the question is more, 
is different. It's a which is your favorite Toy Story movie? How, exactly. How do you rate your Toy Stories? Yeah. Exactly. Right. Dude, that is like a whole different lane. Cause man, the way man, I I cried my eyes out for the last one. Cried. That that's our next podcast together, Janelle. <laughs> is we we have to rank the four Toy Stories in in order. How would yeah. you rank them one through four? And then ranking Disney, cause Disney is a whole. I can go on about Disney. I have okay. my top. I have my top three for Disney. I will not clarify give, give, though. Give me your top three for Disney. It ha- it hasn't really changed. Top. All right. The uh the first one is Beauty and the Beast. W- w- the the real person one with. Oh no. With that, uh, with Hermione. God no. I listen. I love Hermione, but I'm okay. sorry. That is not my favorite. Okay, okay. I was like, whoa. <laughs> we're, we're talking animated 1992 mm. Beauty and the Beast. Oh, yes. Okay. All animated. Okay. It's Beauty and the Beast. Second is Aladdin. And I get okay. torn between the first Aladdin and Aladdin Prince of Thieves. Um, mm-hmm. and the So th- not the Will Smith Aladdin. No, although that was... You see, I, that's a whole different category. I don't know what it is. I, it's right. like the remakes are different, and then and then the third one, which is also about to get remade, is Hercules. Mm. So it's, no, I've never seen Hercules. I got to check that out. Oh yeah, it's does that does that fit into our uh, history curriculum? It does. <laughs> it does. I think, and I've I've said before. I think Hercules is one of the few Disney movies where it's historically like pretty much up there, aside yeah. from the obvious. Like, obviously, because it's Disney, they're not going to talk about Zeus and his many children, right? Like, we're not going to get to that whole debacle. But right. and, and Mythology. Yeah. And I think that's why I really love it, because I really love uh, Greek tragedies. And uh-huh. I read that, that. That is the only time I read stuff that I didn't fall asleep to was in college for my second minor was all, all on Greek tragedies. And so I. You're like, Aphrodite. Oh, my goodness. Yep. Did that? All of that. Athena. He came out of his rib. Yeah, it's so. <laughs> it is. I don't want to say the word gross, but it's at times you're like, mm, it's a lot of it's a lot of intense things. Yeah, <laughs> but it's great yeah. stories. I don't know if I've ever told you this, but in my first two years of teaching in Chicago, mm-hmm. in the middle, like for the mid year, I would have to grade the midterm. But like I still had to teach lessons, mm-hmm. and so for the that week of the midterm, I did get permission from the head of the history department. But I would show Mulan for that week while I was, and I would sit in the back, you know, grading my midterms. Mm-hmm. Mulan would be playing. The kids were happy. They're like, "This is great, Mr. Fleming." I'd be like, yeah. "You got it. Don't forget, <laughs> you have an essay with Mulan." And I'm yeah. like grading the midterm in the back. But the, um, I love I it. I didn't, you know, that's, I think that's why you and I have always gotten along. We've, we've, we're like minds in this. Oh, absolutely. And oh, Mulan is a whole, I think that's, that's also a different conversation of like, how, like the, how accurate are the, our movies like Mulan and like Hercules to like, that, to, to history and even like, out that was my question to them. It was like, yeah. is this movie accurate and how does this, uh, you know, echo the social, political, and economic dynamics of, of you know, uh, Ming, Ming Dynasty China. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. And, and I know an, another one that ugh, I used to enjoy watching, and now it's hard to watch, is like Pocahontas, because it's like... That's a tough one. That's a tough 
It's also Pocahontas was tough when it came out, though. It, yeah. it was like, oh, you guys messed up, Disney. Like, you just showed your racist cards on this one. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes with Disney, you have to like really look at it to be like, oh, where's the racism? Mm-hmm. But but in Pocahontas, the racism just right like all, all over. All there, everything, and yeah, I'll play. I'll play Colors of the Wind when. We're... Right now, nothing wrong with Vanessa Williams, yeah. right? I'm not. I'm not hating on Vanessa Williams here, but, but Pocahontas, that that's a miss. That is a big miss, Disney, and mm. <laughs> that's why I was scared that when they were going to remake Mulan, I was really scared because it's like, all right, uh-huh. this is your second chance to really, like, do justice to the culture in the right way. Right. And, right. yeah, and then, you know, and then it's interesting to see people who, the reaction of that, of like, oh, my God, Mushu's not in it. And I'm just like, mm, okay, <laughs> you don't really care about <laughs> what this is supposed to be about but okay you don't right <laughs> but I, I i love it i love being able to use disney in class amazing because that's, that's what i would say to kids when when we're doing maps wh- where is mulan from just when when i'm just getting blanks right. mulan aladdin moana elsa put them on the map for me please Ooh, i'm gonna steal that for next that's week. a good one right oh I'm, mm. yo that's uh nice. <laughs> I, I was reading I was reading to my daughters, Hans Christian Andersen, mm-hmm. um, which is where Frozen comes from. Mm-hmm. And in it, so he's from, I forget if he's from Norway. No, I was reading Roald Dahl, The Witches. That's what I was reading. Mm-hmm. Getting all my children's books mixed up. <laughs> Roald Dahl, The Witches. And in that, in The Witches, the, the main character has this incredible grandmother who's from Arendelle. From Arendelle. So- so Arendelle is actually a place in Norway. So it's a legit. when you put that on, it's a legit place in Norway, Arendelle. Oh, yeah. There it is. There we go. Yep. So you could do that. Arendelle, or put, you know, Elsa, Moana, Aladdin, and Mulan. Put them on the map for me. Oh, yeah. 30 seconds. Yes. Go. And just don't don't even include Pocahontas. Where- <laughs> you could- right, right. <laughs> But, I mean, you can do Pocahontas too. I mean, that, that that's fine geography wise, right? Yeah. You, you better put Pocahontas in Jamestown. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not not call it Jamestown. Yeah. Uh, would Would you put Moana in Hawaii, or would you put her further in a like a, a further Polynesian island? From from like, what where, I where is Moana? Yeah, from what I've read, I feel like it would be in a further island. I I don't I I thought at first it was Hawaiian, but like when I've read it, it's made I've I've read sources of like. Polynesian. I'm just like uh, might be like Vanuatu, yeah, right? Like Micronesia. That's why I'm like I don't. That's why people say, oh yeah, she's Hawaiian. I'm like I don't think so. Yeah, I think I think she's Micronesia. Yeah, and, and there's an extra credit. You see, it's like I like doing random stuff of just like, can someone figure this out for me? Where is Moana from? What What about Aladdin? Is Aladdin in Saudi Arabia, modern day Saudi Arabia, or is he in like Iran? No, I think it's Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Oh my god, and I and I'm and I'm blanking out because I feel see, like I figured it out the other day. Like, aha. This is see, this is like this is a real legit icebreaker to start yeah. class. Geography icebreaker. Absolutely. Put it put it on the Nearpod, draw it. These four are Disney characters. Where are they? And and that is remote teaching, everyone. There it is. That is this is how we try to it's do a wrap. this. It's a wrap. We have, we have tomorrow's lesson plan. We're ready to roll. Yes. Oh, man. I can't, I'm excited. But, Jeff, thank you 
so much for this conversation <laughs> because it's, it's just needed. It's It definitely has helped me kind of recenter myself in, in, in this chaos that is 2020. I can't believe we're in December already and and who knows yeah. what's like right like I'm just like wow. final month of 2020 we almost made it through 2020 oh man it is nuts but it's I think it's important that we keep having conversations like this because I, I think that's just what's missing like we have this time to use it in different ways to take care of ourselves and like I know I've spoken about taking care of ourselves in this way when it comes to diets or you know exercise um, therapy, but there's there's other ways to like recenter yourself, and I think it just starts with talking to people and having real conversations, right? No and, doubt. And so, thank you for always doing that for me because <laughs> I I don't know how you do it, but you you continue to get me to think on a like a big pic. It's like I've always categorized it in like a big picture way, and I think when I'm when I'm in that in that big picture way or like trying to be in that infinite like mindset that we've uh-huh. referenced before i i feel like like i like i remember where my purpose is in life and for a second Word. if that makes sense Word. it does yeah so, i appreciate that yeah that that is what you do for me on the regular <laughs> so I, I do appreciate that thank you um that is that is our time here y'all this has been through a queer lens i hope that as much as I've gotten a lot out of this conversation with you, that you all have hopefully gotten something out of this conversation. And I think if there's anything to get from today's convo is is two things. take Continue to take time to take care of yourself and find ways to take care of yourself. And, and two, part of this, I think, world or, or, or this um, this mission on on justice and equity is is focusing on yourself first right into what we spoke about earlier it's like putting in the work for yourself and i think when you do that you're able to learn how to put in the right work for others or you know our world in that sense you are the impact you can be the impact yeah absolutely and uh, i always end on a count of three we will say bye and so (laughs) one two three bye Bye. (laughs) (laughs) I've been studying yours.